Welcome folks to tonight's session. Tonight I'm going to be dealing with a topic entitled, Your Greatest Battle. The greatest battle that you're ever going to fight. I want us quickly to look in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, but I want you to know that once you're finished with tonight, it's going to explain a lot of things that are going on in your life. Um, what has been interesting this year is the amount of attacks that people have been having this year. It's actually been quite interesting to watch um, as to how many people have had such spiritual onslaughts and issues and stuff going on. Um, And it's not just one area, it's like a whole lot of stuff suddenly just happening. And so I've been asking God, God, what is going on with the real guys who are really trying and suddenly they're just having this permanent onslaught. And I think that we're getting to some of the, the answers to this. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 it says this, it says, Fight the good fight of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want you quickly to go to Jude chapter, well it's only one chapter, verse 3. Jude verse 3, it says this, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt it necessary to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once uh, for all handed down to the saints. So I want you to see something here. This is the only time that God says that you need to fight in the New Testament. It's a very interesting thing. He says, I want you to fight... The good fight of faith. You have got to fight this faith thing in your life. Fight for faith and fight to keep in faith. Now, I was was really checking this thing out and I'm saying, God, what is it about this faith thing? Why is this faith thing so important? Because Paul makes a very strong thing about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture here because I want to establish this thing solid in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 9.26, it says, Therefore I run, thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. In other words, Paul's saying, listen, I'm fighting, but I'm not fighting as if I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you're punching the air, it's like you're blind, you don't know what you're doing. So Paul says, listen, the only thing that you are supposed to fight for is to fight for your faith. So I've been really looking at this thing and I'm going, God, what is so important about this thing that you are making it the only thing that we must fight for? Because I really did a study in the New Testament and nowhere else does it tell you to fight for something. And then you see in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, it says this, I have fought the good fight. Listen to this, and I have finished the course. Now Paul's now going to die. And he says to Timothy, listen, I've finished my fight. I've finished the course. The course. And then he makes the statement. He says, and I have kept the faith. He says, I have kept my faith. He says, I have survived all these battles and everything that has happened to me. And I have kept the faith. Now what's interesting is, is that very often Paul was in prison. I mean, you know that he was often in jail, okay? He rocked up there quite regularly. And so when he gets to jail, he makes a statement. He says, listen, that all of Asia actually turned against me. What is interesting was Ephesus, that's where the church of Ephesians was, okay, was 
Asia was a province and Ephesus was the capital. It's like Port Elizabeth is the capital uh, of the Eastern Cape. Okay, I don't know if Pishu is now, but anyway, we used to be. Okay, so it's like a province and a city. And so what happened was, he says, that that whole province turned against him. Why? Because he had got locked up. Can you imagine a pastor getting locked up in Port Elizabeth? Everybody goes, yeah, no, there must be something wrong there. You understand? That's the typical reaction that you get. No, no, it's forget. Where there's smoke, there must be fire. So, what happened was in this case, was Paul was locked up, but he says this, he says, no matter what has happened to me, no matter how many times I've been beaten up and everything that has happened to me, I have always kept my faith. I've always trusted God, and I've always seen God come through for me. No matter what has come against me, I've kept it right up until the end. And so I want you to see that the answer for this is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. And it says this, above all, he's talking about the weaponry. Now how many of you would have thought that your sword would be your most important? Come on. If you talk about the weaponry, the guy's got the sword, which is the word of God, I would have really thought that that is the most important one. But listen to the statement, he says, above all, he says, above all the other weapons, taking the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, that's quite a hectic statement. That means not one fiery dart can come near you if you've got your shield of faith up. Not one fiery dart can get close to you if you've got your faith up. Come on, how many of us have had a few fiery darts clap us? And go, oops, aina, come on, this year hasn't been easy for most people. I want to tell you right now, the reason why we are getting these clubs or these attacks or feeling it, it's not that they're not going to come, it's not that they're never going to be there, but why are we suddenly feeling it is because our faith shield is not up. I said to Janine, you know, besides getting born again, I think the most important thing that anybody should learn is how to have faith. It's the only thing that can protect you against everything. The only thing. And yet, the churches have not been teaching us this. The churches have not been teaching us how to keep my shield up. And here we see that Paul says, I need you to sit down and have your shield of faith up. You know what the joke is? Is that he's actually writing this to the Ephesian church. The very bunch that turned against him when he was in prison. So I want you to see, that's why he eventually tells Timothy, please go and help Ephesians, you know, help Ephesus, go and help them out, get them strong, make sure that they stay on track. So I want you to see that when Paul's writing this, he knows what he's talking about. Paul is very clear and he says, listen, your faith has got to stay intact. You have got to keep that shield up because Satan has got to take out your faith. If Satan can get your faith, then he can get to you. If he cannot get your faith, he cannot get near you. And so what he's got to do is this, is he's going to do everything he can to keep us from getting our faith up. Now, why is it so important to have our faith up? Let me tell you why. Because the minute your faith is up, it is your direct connection or connection to the supernatural in your life. 
What do I mean? If I really, my faith is changing. My faith is my trust in God. If my trust in God is 100% intact, I can call any spiritual thing and it's going to happen. Come on. If I really trust God, the devil can't touch me. If I really, really trust God, the devil can't get close to me. And whatever comes my way, I'm able to take those attacks and just veer them off. Because I trust God knowing that God is in control and God is going to get me through this thing and God's going to get me to the other side. That's why if you go look at Jesus, His biggest ministry that He did besides dying on the cross for us was to train His disciples on how to trust God. That was the biggest thing. He says, come guys, let's get your faith up. You know, ye of little faith. Keep on trusting me. Keep on going. So God is looking for us to get to the place where our faith is solidly built up. Now remember, the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God. So Satan has got to take you out. Now let me make a radical statement. The stronger your faith, the bigger the battle. Write this down. The stronger your faith, the bigger the battle. Why? Because now you're becoming a threat. You are becoming a threat. The stronger you trust God, and the more you trust God, you are breaking the world system, you are breaking Satan's power, and you are starting to make a difference because you are bringing in a higher power into this world. As long as Satan can keep you into the natural, then he's winning. The minute you move into the supernatural, he has got to start backing off. So your biggest battle is going to be to stay in faith. And the more you stay in faith, the stronger those battles are going to become. That's why you sit down and you look at some of the men and women of God in Hebrews chapter 11 that are listed there. And you see that there's some serious faith there. Come on, let's just take Noah as a practical example. How many of us would genuinely stand and actually be the only family in the whole world that is actually right? Come on, the rest of the world was wrong and only Noah was right. Talk about peer pressure. Come on, most of us would go, Chucks, everybody can't be wrong. And yet he stood and he said, by faith I am going to do this. I believe God spoke. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I want you to know that we have got to start developing our faith and trust in God far more than what we have right now. So that when things go wrong in the natural, you've got a supernatural recall. You've got a supernatural way to change whatever else is out there. And so if there's an attack on your life, you can turn it and revert it very quickly if you start trusting God and allowing God to do it. I'll tell you why it's important that you understand this. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, it says this. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. Ephesians 6.12, it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. In other words, the very guys we are wrestling against are actually disarmed. And yet, the impact of that is still clapping us around. Why is it that it's getting hold in our lives? It's because there is a fight for your faith. 
There is a fight for your faith and we have got to realize that we have got to start getting into this thing properly. And saying, God, I am going to learn how to trust you. I am going to learn how to call things from the spirit world into the natural to change the circumstance. I'm going to learn how to trust you no matter what is coming. And when I learn how to trust you, <coughs> excuse me, when I learn how to trust you, no circumstance cannot be changed. You see, I've had a very long um, discussion or debates, or as it's going now, with Christians in the last while about our president. You know, everybody is now trying to sit down and take the president out. I want you to know that it's not going to help the way the world wants to do it. Because all it's going to do is just replace somebody else with the same spirit that's going to have the same issue. It's not going to help. What we need to do is we need to get a supernatural solution to this. God, I trust you. Your word's stronger than any person that is in leadership. You will take down, you will raise up who you want. But we are going to trust God for a supernatural intervention. You see, but we are not going to speak bad about anybody who is a leader. Because then you actually bring a curse on yourself. And you are busy bringing in a thing where you will have what you ask for. God, we like this person. Yeah, then God will give you that person. Mm-hmm. Then it's bigger remorse. You understand? So we need to start getting in line with God and saying, God, here is an issue. I'm not denying that there's an issue. I'm saying we need to deal with it in a godly way. And we need to sit down and say in our lives, God, I'm being, here is an onslaught or here is a pressure. God, in the name of Jesus, I trust you. And the biggest attack against me is against my belief. If I can get you off your belief, what happened with Adam and Eve with Satan? Okay? Did God really say? So doubt on what they believed. You see? My, what did they do up until then? They trusted God. They trusted God. They believed God. They did what God told them to do. Everything was going fine. Until Satan walks up and he goes, Did God really say that? Sowed the doubt and broke down their faith. Broke down their belief. And I want you to know that so many times people will come to you Good meaning, well meaning people, and they'll give you some natural solution or some natural answer to break down your belief. And they'll say, Is this thing really going to work? Is this trusting God really going to work? Are you really going to be able to do this? You know, because it's never been done before. Or go tell it to Noah. Come on. You see, the problem is this, is when it actually gets done, and there's a supernatural miracle, everybody's going to go turn. Wow, that was wonderful. I want you to know that we are coming into a time where the church of Jesus Christ needs to grow up. We need to start getting strong, because the Bible is very clear that perilous times are coming. You cannot rely on the world system and what's going on around you. You have got to start relying on God and trusting Him for the things. So we've got to make a decision tonight. How radical are we going to be in fighting for your faith? Are you going to fight the good fight of faith and trust God and believe God? And so your whole thing should be contending towards that thing. And saying, God, no matter what, I'm going to hold on to my faith. I'm going to hold on to trusting you, even if the battle is tough. And let me tell you something. There are times when you get sideswiped. 
Remember last week I discussed this thing of being swiped out from under your feet. How many times have you had it? It's almost like when you're busy in a battle that somebody went and knocked your shield right out of your hand. Come on, who's felt like you've actually had no faith? Been flat and flat, gone, you've got nothing left. And you somehow end up in a panic situation. Okay, I've got a very nice scripture for you. Write this one down. This is just for you. Don't make this a habit, okay? But when that does happen, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. Listen to this. If we are faithless, in other words, I, hey pal, I've got no more faith. He remains faithful and he cannot deny himself. What does that mean? If God has promised you stuff over your life, even if at that point you are faithless, in other words, something has clapped you so hard that you just don't have the faith right now to carry it, God is still faithful. He's going to help you. He's going to fulfill what He has promised over your life, and He's going to help you restore your faith as quick as possible so that your shield is like a soldier who goes to go and get a shield back. You want the scripture? Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll let you do it at the end, okay? I'll remind you. Alright, so I want you to know something. That when we are in a place where we are faithless, and we've been sideswiped, and you've got nothing left, there is a time where God is going to cover for you and get you back up on your feet. So many of us, when we get to that place, we actually think we're backslidden and we're going to hell. Oh God, we're not going to make it. You don't love me anymore. I've let you down. We've now just answers no clock. I want you to know all that's happened is Satan has clapped your shield out of your hand. Pick your shield up. Pick that shield up and start again. All that has happened when you feel like that is that your shield's been clapped out of your hand. Guys, I'm trying to help you. We've all been there. Where you feel like, God, I just can't anymore. I've got nothing left. I'm flat. I'm finished. And God goes, don't worry, I'm still faithful. Now, in Numbers it says, who's God that he he cannot lie? He will fulfill everything that he has said. If you've got prophetic words over your life and you at least have a heart towards God, God is going to be faithful and he's going to get you through this thing. Even though you feel like you can't get through it, God is going to restore everything in that time. When you're in that panic or desperate time, God is faithful to carry you through. That's where that scripture that comes and he says, listen, sometimes I walk and then I run and then I fly. In Isaiah. Okay? The times where you can't fly. You just need to walk. Say, God, I trust you. One step at a time. Then it gets easier and your faith starts building again. And you get back and then you can fly again. I want you to know the biggest battle that is, that is against Christians right now is against your faith. Because if Satan can take your faith, he can get to you. It is the only weaponry that we've got that can quench every attack. Can you imagine if you get to a place where you can walk in and every attack comes and you stand? Come on, let's take somebody like Rainer Bonker when he goes through Africa. Can you tell me that if you know Rainer's coming through Africa, country after country after country, that there's no Satanists or, or witches or whatever else planning against him? Come on. They must know, here comes a plundering of hell of note. We are going to do everything we can to do this. You know, 
There's not many people who stand up and a million people get filled with the Holy Ghost in one service. I mean, that's awesome. But I want to tell you something. There's been something coming against him. You will not tell me that there's not a devil in hell not rocking up at his door. But what is it against? It is against his faith. He believes God. He trusts God. And because he trusts God, no fiery dart gets close to him. No fiery dart. I have never seen Reynard on stage where which doctor has been able to take him out. Come on, have you guys ever heard of that? Seen that? And then that comes and the whole atmosphere just changes. Where does that come from? His faith is up. His faith is up. His shield is up. He knows how to do this. So I want you to know that God has got a plan for each one of us. Now I want you to read 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeing who he may devour. In other words, not that he can get hold of you. Who, who has got a gap? Where there's a gap can I get into this thing? Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, resist him in faith and he can't come near you. As soon as your faith steps in, my belief in God, God, this person or this, uh, this person that's been used by the devil will not impact my life in Jesus' name. The minute you do that, you'll raise up in faith. Say, God, I trust you that there's a wall. And it stops that thing straight away. I want you to know right now that if we can get this thing right, we will be men and women of faith. Trusting God that no matter what comes against us, God is in control and He's going to take us through. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says this. It says, don't give place to the devil. Okay, don't give place to the devil. Now, how do I give place to the devil? Everybody thinks it's about your actions. You know, I've done something right or I've done something wrong. I did something wrong and now the devil's got a foothold. Well, let me tell you something. There's two major things that God deals with that are very biblical with regards to giving the devil a foothold. How many of you want to know what they are? Two things that will give a devil a foothold in your life. Number one is your tongue. James chapter 3 verse 9 to 10 says this. With it we bless God our Father and with it we curse men who have made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. James chapter 3 verse 10. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. In other words, what you say is giving the devil the right in your life. Okay? What you say is going to give a devil a right in your life. So, how many of you go, I am sick, or I quit, or I'm finished? The devil goes, okay, fine, now I'm going to have a right. He's looking for where he has a right. Even if you are flat, be careful what you say. What you say gives him the right to be able to do something on your life. Okay? And the second thing that I found scripturally... You know this thing where it says, don't give place to the devil? You know what that is actually talking in context about? People fighting. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. 
If you go to bed angry with somebody, and it's not necessarily your spouse or your kids or somebody, anybody. If you go to bed angry, you are opening the door to a demonic attack on your life. Why? Because in James chapter 3 verse 16 it says, Wherever there is strife, every demonic spirit is loosed. So let me tell you something, here's your two areas. One is when we speak the negative, we are opening a door for a direct attack on our lives. And number two is when we don't sort out strife in our lives. We cannot afford to have strife in our lives if you want to fight a good fight. The minute you have that, you are opening a door into an internal fight within you. Where the devil has a right into your life. Then you have got to now try and fight him from the inside too. Okay? So my challenge to us today is this. What level are you going to fight on? What level are you going to actually be able to sustain yourself and get to what God has for you? You see, we have got to fight the good fight of faith. We have got to get to the end of our race saying, God, I have kept my shield up the whole way. And where I have dropped it, it has got picked up very quickly and I'm ready to go again. I believe you and I trust you. So let me challenge you. And this is something that we are all guilty of. How much of the Bible are we actually reading? Not listening to a sermon. I'm not talking about the sermon now. You can listen to my stuff. I'll give you a lot of scripture. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. I'm talking about really getting into the Word. When have you read the Bible, a chapter, by yourself? When last have you sat down and even listened to it in your car if you have to? Okay? I want you to know that I've got the entire Bible... And so if you need it, I will give it to you on MP3 if you need to listen to some people struggle to read. Well, then just put it on your dictaphone or whatever, you know, your iPads, iPods, or your phone, whatever, and play it. Because the Bible says the only thing that develops faith is hearing the Word of God. The only thing that's going to develop that shield in your life is when you hear the Word of God. Not worship. Okay? Not any sermon, not anything else. Only the Word of God is going to bring that shield up. Now I want to tell you something. I am all for worship. I believe that worship brings the presence of God. It's going to bring anything. But it's not going to develop your faith. If you want to trust God and really know how to trust God against everything, the only way you're going to do it is through the Word. So I need to get the Word as much as I can. So I want to challenge us, especially over this holiday season. Get a hold of the Word, even if you listen to it, It doesn't take you long. If you're going to just listen to one chapter, it'll probably take you about 10 minutes. But every day, just get some of the word in, some of the word in, some of the word in. Because that starts building your spirit and building your faith. So that when something comes, you can trust God. I'll tell you right now, a lot of people take this holiday season as a holiday from God, and they end up in trouble. They get clapped, they get hammered, they get hurt. I want everyone here to stand up and say listen, I am going to trust God no matter what comes alright, and we are here to help you and get you to the place that you need to but our biggest fight is going to be a faith one my question to you is this is show me your faith show me where you are trusting God above what's going on in the natural Show me what battle you are in where you are trusting God and saying, God, I trust you. This has to turn. You see, we have got to raise up men and women that are going to make a difference in Jesus' name. 
I believe that God wants us to win this fight. I want to be one of those guys when I come in and say, God, I finished my race. I've done everything you've asked me to do. This has been the assignment. But when I finish that thing, my shield is still in my hand. I want to walk in there and go, listen, here's my shield. It might be battered. It might be full of arrows. I've quenched everything that has come. But I'm still standing and I still believe you and I still see the supernatural. I'm not relying on the natural. And I want you to know that the world is going to need you more and more. When the world starts falling apart, they're going to need men and women who hear God and can turn things in the natural. Men and women that are not concerned about what's going on. That genuinely have the word of the Lord and say, Thus saith the Lord. You know, like the Elijah types, you know, it will rain. No, it won't rain. Can you imagine how hectic it is just because the guy goes to the king and goes, Listen, no more rain, and it doesn't rain. Let me tell you something. There is some power behind that. There is some faith behind that. I want you to know God is looking for men and women that are not attached to the world system, but genuinely trust Him. And in order to get that, we have got to contend for our faith. We have got to fight for that thing. We, that is going to be our battle. Our battle is to stay in the Word and stay trusting God no matter what. Because Satan is going to try and take us out. But I just want you to know that if you lose your shield, it's not the end. You don't get condemned. Don't get hammered. Don't get into, into despair. You say, God... Let me find my shield quickly. Let me get my shield back. And let me get back into the fight in Jesus' name. Because you have got something to fulfill. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus for your plan and your purpose for each person's life. Lord, I thank you that we will watch what we say in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to watch our words, especially when we are down. Lord, I thank you that we will deal with strife that is around us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will not tolerate it anymore. But Lord, most of all, that we will stay in your word. We will get into your word and we will bold our faith. Lord, that our shields will be strong. Lord, that we will handle and handle the, the fiery darts that are coming. Lord, that we will quench them because we trust you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that every single person in this place, every person listening to my voice, will make a decision tonight that it is about the battle. Lord, it is about us finishing strong in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that we will not settle for second best, but Lord, that we will be men and women that will stand strong and we will do what you are telling us to do, believing your word against everything that we see. Lord, that we will call things that are not as if they are. Lord, that we will carry the authority and we will trust you for the change and the breakthrough that we need in Jesus mighty name and Lord that we will link arms and we will carry each other Lord knowing that you are greater than anything that is going on around us in Jesus name Amen Amen Amen.